we're back on emergency goalies to start of a new season. At least how I categorize these. But um, we've had a lot to talk about because a lot has changed. The bubble playoffs ended. I actually got a prediction right. The Lightning beat the Stars. Like I said, they will. That's a nice uh, bonus. But obviously, we would have the draft and we've had the start of free agency. So I guess we'll begin with the draft, uh, Michael, and just. What do you think about the Blackhawks draft? Well, uh, I can't really say anything beyond uh, the first-round pick, uh, Lucas Reichel. Um, the rest of the players, um, not real familiar with. Uh, not, you know, they they drafted like a Minnesota high school defenseman in round three, which uh, I don't I don't get around to watching a lot of Minnesota high school hockey, so. I can't really comment too much on guys like that, but um, I do like Lucas Reichel, their first round pick. Um, I had uh, a pretty clear top 15 for this draft. Um, Unfortunately, those 15 guys went one through 15 in the draft. Um, So uh, beyond those 15, there was probably a group of like, you know, 10 to 15 guys that I was okay with the Blackhawks drafting after that. There's not really a lot separating them. Um, I had, you know, slight preferences for a couple of guys, but Reichel was right up there. Um, If, you know, gun to my head, I had to pick a top 20. I think Reichel probably would have been like 19th or 20th on the list. So I'm I'm perfectly happy with taking him at 17. Uh, I think he's a guy that uh, has some upside, um, hasn't uh, played his best hockey yet. Good skater. Well, what you were saying, yeah, what you were saying was, uh, he has speed is a big part of his game, yep. which is something the Blackhawks have lacked. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, you know, he's not he's not blazing fast. I mean, he's not Connor McDavid or anybody like that. That's you know, like game changing speed. But um, you know, very good skater. Uh, I'd say Brandon Sod speed, or maybe a little, maybe a little faster than Sod, maybe like prime Patrick Sharp type type speed. Um, and uh, you know, down the road, uh, if he hits his ceiling, I think I think you could see him be um, something similar to a Patrick Sharp. Uh, maybe not, um, you know, quite. Maybe not quite there, but 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 he could be pretty close. Uh, he's a guy that generates a ton of shots. Um, he's un- unafraid to shoot the puck, and he goes to the right areas. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be a volume shooter, just like Sharp was. Um, we'll we'll see, um, you know, whether or not he can be, you know, quite the finisher that Sharp was, but. Uh, um, you know, just uh, he, he does play a 200-foot game. And, you know, one of the things that uh, um, kind of impressed me was he, he goes to all the areas that you, you you need him to go to. He's not a perimeter player. Um, but, you know, he was he was playing in uh, a men's league, uh, not not a top-tier men's league, but still a men's league. And he was pretty undersized um, last year. But uh, from what I've read, uh, he's already, 
um, added like five to 10 pounds of muscle. And I think he's probably, you know, over the next couple of years, he can probably add another five to 10 uh, pounds. And I think that will, you know, really improve his, his play along the boards and in front of the net, he won't get pushed around much. But he's unafraid to go there even now. So once he gets a little stronger, I think um, I think he's going to be a real effective player um, in all three zones. So yeah, very happy with the pick. I, I I've got no complaints. All right. So now obviously huge news. We'd been talking about this, you know, thing with the president of the Blackhawks, you know, with uh, words and dealing with McDonough and. You know, we, what was the deal? What was going to happen with that? It seems like um, uh, Wirtz is going to take over. I don't think they're going to bring in somebody else. But the big debate between them apparently was whether the Blackhawks should rebuild, do a massive rebuild, or rebuild on the fly. And apparently McDonough wanted the rebuild on the fly because now that he's gone, the Blackhawks are moving forward with a pretty much, at least the way they're talking, a complete rebuild. And they've already started by uh, trading Brendan Saad, and they let Corey Crawford go as a free agent. But I'll just ask you what you think of this decision to move more towards a full rebuild. Well, uh, it's it's overdue, so I, I've got no issue with it. Um, I think the Blackhawks were in serious danger of kind of being caught in uh, – you know, the middle of the pack where they weren't quite bad enough to to be a lottery, you know, a, or a high percentage lottery team. And they weren't going to be good enough to, you know, really win more than one round of a playoff series um, if they could even win a playoff series. So I, I, they really had to go one way or the other. They either needed to go just all in to try and win one more with, they're old veterans, but I think that was a, um, a, a fool's errand. Um, so I'm glad they decided to go the other way and, uh, you know, really focus more on young players. They haven't really used the word rebuild. Um, they have kind of branded it where they're just saying, hey, the NHL is getting younger and we need to get younger sort of thing. Um, so... Uh, you know, I, I'm happy with that decision. Uh, as far as Wirtz goes, uh, I'm not actually certain that he is going to stick around in the president's role long term. Uh, I do think they are still going to look for somebody to take over as the president. Uh, but uh, I don't think they're in any hurry to do that. And I, I, I do think it was with his blessing that uh, the the rebuild is, is is occurring and that anybody that they bring in to be the president has to be on board with that uh, direction for the org. Um, so whether it ends up being Wirtz full-time or they bring in somebody else, I, I, I don't think you'll see a big change in philosophy. Um, yeah, I think and it we does explain the kind of abruptness of McDonough's firing last year. Yeah, yeah, it, it it would definitely explain, you know, you know, especially with the pandemic, um, and revenues are going to be down. It's probably 
at least for the team, the, the right time to do this as well. You might as well, um, uh, you know, take advantage of some younger and cheaper players when you don't have any revenue coming in. And then, you know, hopefully once the economy and uh, fans can get back in the stands, you can, uh, um, you know, amp, ramp the uh, the salary back up. And, you know, and one thing that uh, uh, should be pointed out with, uh, the Blackhawks' salary situation. When you look at their cap number, they, there's not much to move. I'm sorry. There's not much to move, actually. Yeah. Or big deals. Right, and you know they've they've still got like five million in cap space, but if you actually look at their contracts, or, or, or I shouldn't say their contracts, their actual salaries, they're only actually paying about sixty to sixty-five million to their current roster. Um, even though the cap hit is like 78, um, a lot of the Blackhawks veterans, their contracts were front loaded. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves were uh, used to be getting like 12 or 13 million dollars a year. They're only going to get paid seven million dollars a year for the next three years. Uh, but it Dun- counts against the cap. Counts against the cap as the average. Yeah. So they they've got a 10.5 million dollar cap hit. But you know before they were getting 13, now they're getting seven. Um, and Duncan Keith is the you know the, the biggest one in that because his his deal was signed before the CBA where they didn't allow quite as much they don't allow quite as much front loading now as they used to um, with Keith's deal his was like Hosa's where it was a ton of money up front and then these last few years I I, I don't have the figures in front of me but I want to say over the neck the, over the final three years of his deal. Uh, Duncan Keith's only owed like five and a half million dollars. Um, and even Seabrook, as bad as that contract is, um, you know, he's his cap hits close to seven million, but he's only actually owed about five million per year um, the last four years of his deal. So uh, it's uh, it, it. If the those core guys are upset and they don't want to be a part of a rebuild like this. Um, I do think the Blackhawks would be in a pretty good position to, tr- to trade any of them uh, with the exception of Seabrook mm-hmm. who, you know, that's still a pretty much unmovable contract. Well, I was going to, that's what I was going to ask next. That actually, um, what do you think the odds are that, that um, Tabes or Kane gets, gets moved? I don't think, any of them will get moved this year um, unless they just demand it. But I don't, I don't foresee that happening. I think they're, they're all happy in Chicago. I think while they're, they've been blindsided by this, I think if you give them a little bit of time uh, to kind of come to terms with it, I think they'll all end up probably being okay with it. Um, I think the big thing though is None of those guys wanted to waive their no movement clauses prior to the expansion draft. Um, I, I think next off season will be uh, the, the the kind of uh, focal point for for when and if though any of those three guys get moved is after that after uh, Seattle's expansion draft occurs next uh, uh, next off season. Um, I think by then 
the three of them will have they'll have played this next season. Hopefully the pandemic's over. They'll kind of have a better idea of where the Blackhawks stand and maybe how long the rebuild's going to take. Or you know, do you know, do they find a an unexpected young player that could maybe change the 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 math on things? And if not, and they're still you know, and and they don't see any hope for the next few years, I could maybe see one or or more of them. Um, going ahead and waving, but I don't think any of them want to to deal with the expansion draft. And you know, re- regardless of how well Vegas ended up doing, um, I think the rest of the league um, has wisened uh, a bit to the way that uh, they made mistakes and and uh, allowed basically Vegas to be quite that good that fast. And uh, so I don't I don't I don't expect. Vegas, or Seattle will be able to take advantage of things quite as much, and I don't think any of those guys want to be uh, caught out there. So, no. but you know, you could see in a couple of years, I would see like, like a Kane. Would he want to go to Buffalo? Like set up a trade to Buffalo, or would Tabes want to set up a trade to Winnipeg? Like to make a hometown return for either of them. You know, at this point, those guys have been in Chicago for so long. Honestly, Chicago is their home. I mean, they've all been here for, uh, you know, in Keith's situation, he's been here for like, what, 13 years? And and Taves and Kane have been here for 11. So, and, and, you know, again, by the time the expansion draft goes, you know, they're all going to be here at least a dozen years. So, um, And you you could also see... um, Obviously, if you want to keep making revenue, if you're the Blackhawks, so nice, yep. might be nice to have marketable names still on the team. Yeah, yeah, I I really do think that it, the ball is completely in those in the players' court. Um, I think Bowman would be happy to accommodate a trade for any of those three should they request it. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't foresee management pushing any of those those guys to you know, to make that decision. It's just, if they decide that they don't want to stick around for this, uh, I think the Hawks would move them, but I, you know, that's, uh, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, I guess moving on to the moves that actually did happen. Um, guys, you want to move on that moved on that we want to take a moment for, obviously Corey Crawford, Yep. We've talked about this before, you know, if he does leave one of the greatest Blackhawk goalies, and I was kind of hoping he would go to more of a contending team. That Yeah, I thought that was a little they're, interesting. They're up and coming, I guess. They've got some young talent, but yeah, I'm surprised yeah. he didn't go to a contender. Yeah, um, it, uh, I, I think if he would have, if his market would have only been one-year deals, I think he might have held out for maybe a slightly better situation, but um, like you said, the devils are, are, are have a chance anyway to, to make some progress and they were willing to give him two years. So, you know, maybe they, he kind of sees it as a situation where New Jersey can maybe get into the playoffs this coming year and, you know, maybe you win a round or whatever and gain some momentum and then, you know, maybe they can chase a cup next year. Or I should say the following year, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, as good as Crawford played this year, I do wonder if there's still 
lingering doubts as opposed to or, uh, in regards to his long-term viability, not so much just because of his age, but, um, you know, he's still one concussion away from, from, you know, potentially, uh, having his career be over. And that's a, that's a tough situation when, you know, one, one puck off the mask could do it. So I do wonder if there was maybe a little hesitancy, uh, from general managers to commit more than one year from it for him. So I think maybe the, the, the security of a two-year deal with New Jersey was enough to sway him. So I, good luck to him. I, you know, obviously uh, I've got no uh, ill feelings toward Crawford. He's a great, great player yeah. for a long time. And, you know, I, I'd love to see him win another, another cup or at least have a, have a nice run to end his career in New Jersey or wherever else he might end up if he decides to continue playing. I mean, if he stays healthy, he could he could certainly play beyond the the two year contract that he signed. So, yeah, this uh, podcast is very pro Corey Crawford. So yes, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and of course, the other big uh, news, of course, uh, Brendan Saad traded to the Avalanche, yeah. and the return. A lot of people are panning this return. I'm draft picks and the prospect they got, the defenseman they got. Zadorov is kind of people aren't very high on him. No, I mean he's. I, I I have to admit I'm a little confused by it. Um, I do wonder if Zadorov maybe has a little more value in NHL circles than outside observers would maybe um, suspect. Uh, I, I do know he gets high marks for his leadership and personality and just a, a he's a apparently a, just a really great guy to have in the locker room that sort of thing so you know uh, in addition to that you know he does bring a, a physical element a bit of an element of intimidation but he's a defensive defenseman uh he's he's fairly decent in his own end but he's fairly useless everywhere else. Uh, he doesn't help in transition. He does nothing in the offensive zone. Um, he was a guy when he, uh, as a prospect, and when he was first coming up, there was some hope for him, um, you know, as a as a guy that uh, uh, could maybe score some goals. He does have a big shot, but he's just, he never gets himself into a position to actually use it. Um, and uh, he's he's pretty inconsistent in, uh, in transition, uh, he, um, will often go for a big, huge open ice hit and he does deliver them, but he also misses on them and he gets out of position on occasion. So there's going to be instances where he gets beat and he's, he's inconsistent that way. Um, and with his complete inability to contribute offensively, uh, he, to me, he's just another one of these number five, number four, number five, number six defensemen that the Blackhawks have. We now have six of them. And, um, you know, you look at Zadorov, you look at Murphy, you look at Dehan. none of them do anything outside of the defensive zone. They, mm-hmm. they don't contribute offense. They don't move the puck. And I, I just, it, it's a really weird construction of the defense. And, and, and obviously part of that is, 
you know, they can't move to Han mm-hmm. due to his long injury situation. I think if, you know, that situation was a little different, I think he would probably be on the trading block. Yeah, you um, think so. And, you know, uh, I, I think he's another guy that they'll have to look at that situation next offseason when he'll only have one year left. There might be more teams that would be willing to take on. Do you, you still know, think you still think Murphy's probably going to get traded? I, I still think it's possible, um, but I think it might end up waiting until the trade deadline. I do wonder if... Uh, they want to see where Seabrook is at, um, you know, in, in training camp in the first part of the season. Um, obviously, they're committed to Adam Boquist. Ian Mitchell is also going to be on the squad this year. So that's two right-handed defensemen. That leaves only one spot for a veteran. It, and, you know, ideally, that would be Connor Murphy. That's that, that's a pretty decent right side right there. Right? You got yeah. two guys with upside, and you got Murphy who can kind of move up and down the lineup a little bit and, and fill in wherever you need him to. But Seabrook is the, <laughs> the monkey in the wrench sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If Seabrook is healthy and yeah. you know, they're going to have to play him. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, I, I don't see them pushing Boquist or, or, or Mitchell out. Mm-hmm. I, I could see them trading Murphy at the deadline. But the other thing is Murphy does have some experience on the left side, mm-hmm. so you could always flip him over there. But you got Keith, Dahan, Zadorov over there. So if you flip Murphy over, you're, you know. So uh, yeah. you basically have seven defensemen for six spots right now. Obviously, Seabrook is probably the worst of the seven mm-hmm. at this point. But... I think, you know, you obviously have to hold out hope maybe that these surgeries have fixed him enough to where he can still contribute a little bit. Or, you know, is it worth um, really upsetting the yeah. leader, the you know, a leader of your team and putting him in, in the press box every game? Probably, I, I just don't. Not. not with four years left on his deal. They just, I, I don't see that happening. So, I uh, I don't know. Uh, somebody's going to have to go. Murphy's Murphy's not the guy that I would want to trade, but he's the guy with the easiest contract and he's healthy enough where he, he'd be the easiest one to move. So yeah. that's why I, I would f- think he would probably be the guy to go. Well, obviously another little side deal of that trade, which I mean, we both talked about this, but Dennis Gilbert went to the avalanche and, no problem with that. No problem with that. I, I mean, I, I like Dennis Gilbert's effort. Um, in, in a lot of ways, Gilbert plays a lot like Zadorov does, mm-hmm. um, but Zadorov's a little better <laughs> at yeah. it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, similar style of play. So the 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 fans that liked Gilbert are gonna like Zadorov, uh, but I, he doesn't move the needle for me. So. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really know anything about the, de- the other defenseman that is coming back, um, from the avalanche in the deal. Um, he's a guy who hasn't been able to break in with the avalanche the last couple of years. Um, and he's, you know, he's 25, 26 years old. So sounds like he's just a, a, a depth player, um, basically a, a, a contract swap. They, the avalanche probably 
didn't didn't want to have another guy on uh, uh, counting against their 50 player limit. It's the only thing I can think of because um, yeah. the Blackhawks have a couple other left-handed defensemen that they would want to look at before him. In um, they signed that Kalunik guy, and he still got Baudin in mm-hmm. uh, Rockford as well. So that uh, uh, Cuckoo. He's gone. They let him go. And... Cuckoo's gone. Kajula. Now, now, they could still resign both of them, but it doesn't seem like it, um, especially Kajula, given that they signed Matthias Janmark and. Um, uh, oh, uh, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Uh, Lucas Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, both of those guys, you don't really. Uh, have a ton of upside there, but they are NHL caliber players. Uh, they are improvements over the bottom of the roster guys that we had last year. Uh, get Ryan Carpenter and Matthew Highmore out of the lineup. As far as I'm concerned, doesn't, doesn't pain me at all. Um, uh, and it gives you a little bit of, uh, um, uh, room in case it gives you a little flexibility um, Walmart uh, can fill in at, at third line center should uh, you know anybody get hurt or if they decide um, they need to move Dylan Strom if the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. So it, it just you know gives them a little flexibility. Um, uh, Yanmark signed for a little bit more than I would typically want to pay a player like him, mm-hmm. but it's only a one year deal, and um, I think he'll. He's somebody that um, they'll be able to move pretty easily at the deadline. He's a really good penalty killer. He's got good speed. Um, a lot of ways, he plays a very similar game to Brandon Saad, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have quite the offensive uh, ability. Um, but he's a he's a guy like Brandon Saad who gets a lot of breakaways and fails to finish them. Oh. But uh, yeah, he just he doesn't have a very good shot. Um, he'll fumble some pucks, but you know, he's a guy that with his speed and with his, um, kind of hockey IQ, he, he does help generate, generate offense, even if he fails to finish. So, you know, he's a guy that they can move up and down the lineup, uh, fill in a little bit. Uh, when he first came up, he was considered a potential top six guy and, uh, he got some opportunities there early in his career. Um, as Dallas got a little better, he got pushed down the lineup and put more into a defensive role only. And so I think he's probably viewing this as, Hey, this is, you know, a situation with sod out of there. We've only really only got five top six forwards. Yeah. There's, there's a wing spot that's available there. So maybe he sees an opportunity where, Hey, maybe I can get back to, you know, maybe get a 15 goal season going and re-enter free agency next year, or, you know, so I, no, no risk signings. Um, so I've got no, I've got no problem with either of them. Yeah, and I should it, add, it, uh, yeah, yeah. But just to move on a little bit. Um, Dominique Kubalik signed his bridge deal. Yep, your deal. So good numbers there, 3.7 mil for two years. Very happy with that. And um, yeah, did we have? Did we talk about Olimata the last? Podcast? I honestly can't remember. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, um, he's gone. We didn't get anything for him. Just, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, better than buying him out. Uh, they did have to retain 750 grand of his contract. Um, but it's only over two years as opposed to four years. So again, the Blackhawks are setting themselves up for these next two years of getting kind of out of some of these contracts. And then in that third year, that's when you got Taves and Kane and Keith and Debrinkit. all of their contracts are up after three years. So you go into that season before that, you know, you're going to know who you're going to resign, who, you know, which of the veterans are still going to be there. Is Debrinkit a guy you're going to build around or is he somebody that you maybe trade? Same with Kubalik. Um, by then you'll have Boquist and Doc on their second contracts, that sort of thing. So yeah. it'll really be, uh, you know, next offseason, I think you will see some movement. That's when you could see maybe like a Shaw or, or Dahan. You know, some of these guys that they got to get healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Murphy would be another guy either at the deadline or next offseason. But it'll be the, that following offseason, I think, when you'll see the the big guys move or they have to make decisions on, you know, somebody like to bring it. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and I don't think I'll have much about else to add. I just wanted to, yeah. wanted to cover all the bases. We had a, a lot of stuff happen this past yep. few weeks and uh, free agency still going. So there will yep. be more signings and stuff. So we will be back again relatively soon. I don't know. Yeah, I probably don't need a, a weekly at this point unless a bunch of more, you know, unless they could do another flurry of activity. But yeah, we'll say at, as news news comes in. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, if they trade somebody or do something, we'll be back. But yep. yeah, the Blackhawks are getting younger, as they like to say. Yep. So we'll see. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.